Hi, dear friends. Welcome back to Brews with Broads. I'm your host, Hannah Keim. Happy Pride, y'all! Though I strive to talk to members of the LGBTQIA community all year round, I'm especially excited to highlight queer voices this month. And this week's episode is a full circle one. I met this week's guest, Michelle DiMatillo, back in 2018 at a Beers Without Beards event, a sensory event held at everyone's favorite Fifth Hammer Brewing Company in Long Island City, Queens. It was the first industry-type event I had ever gone to, and I was so nervous. Luckily, I happened to sit next to Michelle, whose warm, bubbly personality made me feel at ease right away. Michelle has been a part of North Fork Brewing Company in Riverhead, New York, since they opened, eventually becoming their hospitality and community manager. She is a founder of the Lady Brewsters of the North Fork, and she has been the recipient of several scholarships, including Untapped Scholarship to the Appalachian State Summer Brewing Short Course, and was part of the Sloop Open Waters Internship at the start of this year. I had the most fun catching up with her as she reflected on the path she's taken in beer so far and what she has her sights set on next. I hope you have as much fun listening to our conversation as I had having it. Enjoy. Michelle DiMatillo, welcome to Brews with Broads. Hello, thank you for having me. This is an absolute full circle moment, as we discussed before <laughs> we started recording. Um, we met in 2018 at a um, the very first. I love that beer- you remember the year. I have no, I I had no idea what year. Barely. It was. Well, you know what? Beers without beards. That first one was like a big mm-hmm. um, aha moment for me, and for this whole podcast here so like it feels you know you remember certain things and also like I don't know I don't I I claim to have a good memory but then someone from high school will be like oh remember that time that that thing happened and I'll be like no no I don't but I happen to remember (laughs) that we it was like a um sensory training at fifth hammer in LIC Mm -hmm. and we were I think we were table buddies we were we were what a great, also what a great female-owned brewery. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Mary and Chris. Yeah. She was like the second guest I had on. And I just remember sitting and she was talking oh. about uh, Kvike yeast. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I don't know anything listening to her talk. <laughs> she's so smart. Um, shout out to Mary. We also, love you. I love a girl with bright, vibrant, colored hair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are sisters. No in... one can see it on this podcast. It's true. But... Listeners, Michelle is rocking a like violet purple blue look that I <laughs> I could not pull off myself. So I applaud. You'll see a picture. Don't worry, you'll be seeing our picture all week. <laughs> let's let's get into it. Before we start talking, uh, it's like a hundred degrees in this closet I'm sitting in, so I'm thirsty. What do you have something to drink? Will you tell us about what you have? I do. Um, I have two roads brewing, um, tubular, their West Coast style IPA. Uh. Um, it's a beautiful can too. I don't think, I mean, no one can see this, but you could see this. I'm looking. Even on the aluminum itself, not just the label, but the aluminum around. It's like etched. Beautiful. I know. Way to go, Two Roads. Yeah. Connecticut. I know. And Two Roads is a, um, I believe they've hosted, I want to feel, I want to say like they've, They've hosted either LGBTQ or women in beer. They're just a progressive brewery. Yeah. I love them. (laughs) I have to look up whatever collab that is. They're so, they're, well, oh God, that was my water bottle. 
please didn't spill. <laughs> oh, thank God it didn't spill. We need the water. Um, I feel like there, we'll talk about this, but there are so many uh, like initiative beers and collabs like that. It's great to see, but it's also great mm-hmm. to see when like breweries actually walk the walk. Um, I have, this is from Coney Island Brewing, just out here locally for me. And it's called their beach beer. And it was just in my fridge because my husband has one, uh, pretty much one uh, criteria when it comes to beer. And it is that please let it be below 5% ABV. And this is 4.6. And it is, oh my God. Oh, it's holding <laughs> it to my forehead right now. It's so cold. Good and I'm idea. really excited. I'm literally oh my God. I'm going to put it on the back of my neck and maybe scream. Oh my God. <laughs> that feels amazing. Okay. Now we're going to open these as soon as I finish like having a sensual experience with this beer. All right. You want to crack these on the mic? All yeah. right. Let's go. One, two, three. Wow. You're on a Bluetooth headphone and that picked it up perfectly. Yay. Cheers. Oh, okay. mine smells good. You got that good like, mm, like honeysuckle. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love a good West Coast. Me too. That's I my just, go-to I'm these ready days. For, yeah, I'm ready to see more West Coast. It's been, it's been too long. Agreed. <laughs> Respect to all the hazy breweries out there, but I'm just, my stomach hurts. Okay, from all the hops and the. Yeah. The also now. Nowadays, um, I'm more. I I was diagnosed with a with a wheat allergy in um, 2018, but I kind of ignored it. And more <laughs> recently, in the last few months, um, have just gotten worse with um, my reaction to, to wheat. Um, so it's the last two months really that I've been staying away from from wheat. But definitely New England. I mean, some West Coast could have it. So I'm taking my chances right now. But, well, I'm honored that you're risking <laughs> risking life but, and limb. Yeah, <laughs> it's more so I just break out into hives. Okay, so not not what we want to happen, but, no, but it happens. I, I mean, I would hope a West Coast doesn't have wheat in it. I know they put it in most most New England mm-hmm. for the mouthfeel, um, but yeah, you know, Pinkies crossed. I mean, way to use way to use that beer education for your own health benefits. Very smart. Well, I'm excited to have you here to kick off the the. Um, this sounds like such an official thing. It's not, but it is. Um, the Brews with Broads Pride celebration as we celebrate yeah. Pride Month and all things glorious LGBTQ plus beer professionals. Um, but before we get into like your beer life story. Can I know any part of your life life story? Like how before before beer came into your life, how did you get so like, there? Oh, so when <laughs> you're like life story, yeah. I'm like, okay, so what was my life before beer, basically? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Like where did you grow up? <laughs> you know, any of it. What was your um, your favorite TV show as a child? You don't have to say that, but that is a fun '90s <laughs> nostalgia thing. Um. So I'm from Long Island, Long Island. Long Island. Um, <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> no, you do not. Um, 
Yeah, the middle, the middle of Long Island, which I'm sure to some people in the city or even Nassau County is still pretty, pretty far east. Because <laughs> I grew up on Ronkonk in Ronkonkoma, um, which most people do know from the uh, the train line. Yes, to the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> they talk about it every morning on NPR. The delays on the Ronkonkoma line, and I always think I would hate to yeah. live off the Ronkonkoma line and have to commute because it seems like there's, <laughs> there's always construction going on with the Ronkonkoma line for some reason. But hmm. yeah, so I grew up in Ronkonkoma. I went to one of the largest schools, like high schools on Long Island. My graduating class was like around 1200 or something. <laughs> oh my God. So I grew up doing people. theater, lots of musical theater, I'm giving uh, a jazz hand. Yeah, jazz you can't hand. see listeners. <laughs> Everybody, if you're driving a car, pull over. Give up, please. Give us a jazz give hand. Me Thank some you. Jazz hands. Thank you so much. Continue, Michelle. Continue. You know. <laughs> Grew up doing a lot of musical theater. I was a stereotypical Asian kid. <laughs> Grew up playing piano and violin. Did competitional chamber orchestra. I mean, I did a million things. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Then went to college for photography and graphic design, decided that wasn't what I wanted to do professionally. Um, I mean, I've still done it professionally, but not full time. Um, you know, even the last brewery job that I had in, in their marketing, I was using my photography. But again, it wasn't encompassing my entire day. Mm-hmm. So I right out of college. I've always had a million jobs. I have ADHD. I fall too much into that millennial headspace of like, I'm looking for my purpose. Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. fitting my purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do what I love. My parents told yes. me I can be anything I want to be, but <laughs> what is that? No one told me. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, I did a lot of event coordination, marketing, nonprofit work. I did a lot of things. And um, then let's see, I lost one of my, I was let go from a marketing agency in early 2018. I had worked at a brewery a few years before that, but just part-time when I'd gone back to school. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't really click yet. I was like, okay, I like beer, you know. Um, I dated a brewer. (laughs) It's a rite of passage. Yeah, got introduced to beer. Um, and just slowly was kind of into it, but wasn't looking at it as a career. Then when I lost a marketing agency job, because I could not keep up with that hustle and grind. And honestly, I'm glad I didn't stay there and kill myself trying to even keep up with that demand, because I feel like some of them were just working ridiculous hours. So then, yeah, I, I had a friend who I'd worked with previously at a little brewery called Mustache Brewing in Riverhead on Long Island and female owned. <laughs> and um, one of my old coworkers from there, Peter, he reached out to me and said, you know, I'm about to open a brewery. Would love to have you on the team. It's called North Fork Brewing Company. You know, think about it. I just lost my job. So I think I was in the depths of a depression at the time. <laughs> And I was just saying, okay, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life, but I guess I'll just take this because I need money. Mm -hmm. And I've been in bed for a month just applying to every job that I don't want. (laughs) 
And then, yeah, I think that's when my entire life changed, honestly. <laughs> Before that, was there, you know, you mentioned that first brewery job. You're like, okay, I guess I like beer. Was there like a gateway beer that made you say like, okay, this is more than just, you know, in college, I think many of us, not to, just to generalize, you know, are drinking like the cheapest thing, which oftentimes is beer. But was there a beer that you were like, oh my God, this is it. So it's funny because I used to hate beer. Yeah. Um, and so Blue Moon was definitely one of the beers that I started to drink and was thinking, okay, I can get down with this. And ironically, can't drink it now because it's wheat. The wheat. It's exclusively <laughs> wheat. A lot of wheat. Those yes. Wheat. And then I think I had Trogue's Nugget Nectar and was like, what is this? <laughs> I love that. Nugget, yeah, Nugget Nectar, definitely. I I would look up, also, this is how I figured out. I mean, I had a, mar- a marketing background. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I can look up look up menus and like where beer menus online and see what what's on tap I would check places if they had blue moon or nugget <laughs> I love that I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't educated on beer and I was like okay these are the two ones I like <laughs> at that point you gotta go with what you know I mean I still do that I still mm-hmm. you know I think it's almost you probably identify like the opposite end of the spectrum now where I'm like I want to drink a West Coast IPA that is exactly 60 IBUs and has seven per- or whatever, like very specific. Mm-hmm. And I will. Oh, yeah. Look- I mean, I will always look up beer menus now, yeah. um, regardless of if it's a brew pub or a restaurant that has their beer menu mm-hmm. online. I always look up. I mean, because if I can't find an IPA that I like, um, now Saison's are off the table for me which I absolutely love Saison but they're wheat (laughs) so I used to look for Saison but no longer on my list and then you know a good Pilsner I'll get down with a good Pilsner (laughs) absolutely so you ended up at North Fork and what Mm -hmm. what did you end up doing there are you let's let's talk about that because are you still there yes okay right now yes right now I am there once a week at the moment um, this is a very in-between period of my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out where I'm heading next in, in the industry. Yeah. But yeah, right now I'm there once a week, sometimes twice. And I had started there. I was there on day one when we opened and had the craziest, uh, it was just pandemonium that day. Yeah. June 29th. So we're about to celebrate our four year anniversary. Oh my gosh, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was absolute pandemonium. I, I don't even, we don't even have any pictures from that day because it was, it was just insane. Yeah. And then I had started as a bartender about three months in, Peter and his business partner and cousin, Ian, they were asking me, you know, do you have any thoughts of who would be a good manager? If you think about, you know, if it would ever cross your mind, to work up to a manager we'd love to promote you if that was something that you would want Mm -hmm. and I think I I took some time to think about it and I was I just said okay like let's try this out yeah 
Um, so yeah, it, it was September, October of 2018 that they promoted me to, to manager. So we had really opened just the end of June. Um, and then that was it until, until the beginning of this year. Wow. Like managing there for that, that time. And, you know, we really built the family there. I still think everyone there is like a brother or sister to me. And they actually got signed with a distributor last year uh, with Union Beer. And right. we're in Whole Foods in Williamsburg. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get after it. it. Let's I know go, we've, been, we've been on top of the blind tiger twice and we didn't even know the first time. And the second time I was like, why am I? I think I was, I think I was upstate mm -hmm. that weekend. And I'm like, why am I upstate? I need to drive down the blind tiger and just say I could have this beer blind tiger right now. <laughs> that is huge. That's a big rite of passage that I think. Yeah. I don't know. I probably would take for granted and like not think about, but it's funny because like the New York city and surrounding areas, like the beer scene, even though if you look at like breweries per capita, because you know, New York city is so population dense, there's aren't that many, there are like, mm -hmm. there are some big names to compete with. So getting as a small, only four year old, not even four year old brewery, mm -hmm. that's a big deal. So way to go. First of all, I think that anyone who is part of an opening team needs like, I don't know, a gold medal, a gold star, like, <laughs> A million shots of tequila because having done it twice it's a lot what are some of the like what were some of the biggest learnings from that experience had you ever like done what was your hospitality background before that were you like diving in i guess you had bartended you said. um so i i had worked in retail before i had event management experience yeah i had marketing management and social media management experience and then had had bartended before at mustache right so it was it was definitely different in in that respect you know when you're managing a business and a tasting room and a, you know uh service staff but it's not that it's not that different than events though mm -hmm. yeah you know events yes you're working towards one event but every day is an event at a bar right <laughs> An event just around the corner. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So, no, um, hmm. Learning pain. I think, especially for any small business opening up, it's like you have these big dreams and these big goals. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, well, the budget isn't there yet. Right. We don't have the money for that yet. And so you kind of have to think, what is going to get you to that goal? What's going to help you? And what are the small steps you can you can make towards that goal? But, but yeah, it's it's definitely rough. And then especially opening mid 2018, going into 2020 was kind of rough because we didn't have a full we had a full year of data to pull from. Right. But then in 2021, looking at the past, you know few years being open at that state is kind of skewed mm -hmm. because half of it was in a pandemic and you don't even know okay well what's appropriate to spend money towards because in 2020 these numbers are showing this but oh yeah no one wanted to come out <laughs> exactly right it's like you can't really even weigh those 
Like, yeah. oh, we didn't really spend any money on events. Huh. Okay. Well, right? we were all yeah. in our on our couches in our pajamas. So exactly. that. you know, 2020, no one was booking music. No one was right. booking large events. No one was doing festivals. I mean, there's, you know, everyone was trying to just get so much distribution out. Mm-hmm. And then there was a canning shortage, an aluminum oh my shortage. God, I yeah. and talk to me about so you're it's north fork brewing is there mm-hmm. and when i think of the north fork i think of of course like wine how what is yeah what is it like i don't want to say competition because of course it's not direct competition but is it a mm-hmm. chat has it been a challenge to kind of get people to shift their perspective of like oh this area actually can be known for amazing beer as well um I think it's definitely something that everyone on the, at least even, I think everyone really on Long Island, but yes, on the east end of Long Island, that everyone's trying to combat that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of the North Fork and the Long Island Wine Trail and the amount of wineries that are on the North Fork. Um, but Greenport Harbor Brewing has been on the North Fork for 12, 13 years. Um, so I think their success definitely was a testament, at least to a lot of people and a lot of businesses, anyone that was, was going into beer that, okay, they, these people have been very successful. Um, but also, you know, it depends on who, who is running that, that business, who's brewing that beer as well. I think Greenport I mean, I have so many friends at Greenport. They're incredible people. And then also at the, you know, the the top of the food chain is um, Rich and John at Greenport. And Rich actually just got um, voted into the president role for the New York State Brewers Association. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think again, there's, there's just great people on that, on that team mm-hmm. and have, you know, if you if you're working with the right people and they have the right mindset of where they're headed and what they want for their business and their products, then I think that that business is going to grow. Well said. Did you find it challenging, either behind the bar or and or as a manager? Um, did you find that as a woman and a woman of color, that your authority was questioned either by, hopefully not your staff, but, you know, I know I've had experiences behind the bar, particularly with beer. I was asked. Less than a week ago by someone, do you actually drink this? Like, and I'm wondering if you've had experiences like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. I responded well, as you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of times that men have asked me if I actually like the beer, do I drink anything here? And then sometimes when I've said, oh, I drink everything, they're like, oh, you just say that. And it just, it really does annoy me to no end. It really irritates me when people pass judgment in such a way, especially in 2022. Right. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've been behind the bar and there's been men who have said things like, oh, you know, oh yeah, I, I just, whatever you know i'm not into the pussy beer you know and i'm just standing there going oh okay yeah what what is that what even is that <laughs> sometimes i like to ask 
I like to say, what do you mean by that? It's probably not the right thing to do, but no, no, actually, I take that back. I think it is the right thing to do. They deserve to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Have you ever, I guess that leads me to like the next set of things I want to talk to you about. It seems like you value education so much and you have really pursued beer education in such an amazing way through different avenues. What was the motivation there? I think there was a really big drive in me. And I feel like, again, as a woman in such a male dominated industry that I felt the internalized pressure to educate myself and prove myself that I know things about beer. I am knowledgeable. I am qualified to have this position and work in this position. And I hate saying that, but I feel like every single woman in the beer industry or any person who doesn't feel like they live up to the image of what your typical beer drinker looks like or what your typical brewer looks like, I feel like, you know, even certain men may not fit into that category or non-binary people may fit into what the image has been for so long that, you know, everyone kind of makes those adjustments and, and those thoughts and they're like, okay, I have to prove myself. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with what I've always thought. Um, so what came first? You got a scholarship through Untapped. How, tell me about how that came about. So my girlfriend makes fun of me because <laughs> I win a lot of things. <laughs> win a lot of of contests (laughs) and um during the pandemic i entered the cicerone certified beer server giveaway and i won it not once i won it twice the one the youtube thing where you're watching live that's literally michelle okay i need some of your like juju that's the only thing i've ever won that's the one thing in my whole life okay great you won it twice that's you're you're showing off a code anyone listening i still have oh my god let's let's hook you up with michelle get your i put off getting my certified beer server for years and then i was like well i guess i have to because this is free okay that's funny you won it twice you're a lucky lucky then then i then i got certified as as a cbs Uh um someday would love to work towards cicerone if i ever make the time amen study for that amen And um, so that was that. And then I entered the untapped scholarship contest and then won that for the scholarship to Appalachian State for their, their, I can't remember what the actual name, it's the Brewing Science or Science of Brewing Fermentation. I forget the full name of the course, but it was a short course in July of last year where they flew me out to to um, Boone, North Carolina, where Appalachian State is. And also shout out to Hop Culture and Untapped because I asked for an extra day and said, you don't have to pay towards the rental car. You don't have to pay towards my stay. But if I could just extend my trip and you book me for a day or two after, I don't even remember what it was. So I could venture out to Asheville and Charlotte. <laughs> correct. That was correct what you did. Yeah. So I just paid for an extra day of the rental car. And I think another day. Yeah, for one day. I booked myself one day in like a hostel in Asheville. 
<laughs> a Hostel in Asheville. That's the name of a horror movie. Just kidding. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, actually, I have now stayed in two hostels in my life, and they were incredible. Sweet Peas Hostel. Okay, Sweet that sounds Peas. cute. 4.4 4. stars out of 232 reviews. They are not going to murder you. <laughs> The official no review. Gonna <laughs> We're going to tag Sweet Peas Hostel no, I, and just say, hey. Not going to murder you. I'm fully linking Sweet Peas Hostel. But anyway, you, you ended up at Sweet Peas and you did not get murdered. So we love that for you. But you, <laughs> but yeah, the, you are a consummate winner and you won this scholarship and went to this. Yes. Brewing. So I went course. to the, the brewing short course mm-hmm. at Appalachian State. And again, as someone who's worked in the industry for a few years, I'm like, okay, I got some good knowledge about beer. I'm doing great. And then you sit down in a course of of all men, except me, mostly white, except me. (laughs) And these are engineers and scientists and a professional brewer. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was anyone who who wants to look into it, look into it. I would definitely say that whoever takes that course should have a really good understanding of science. And I have been out of science classes for quite some time breaking down the endosperm structure of a barley kernel. Excuse me? No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Several formulas of, you know, what this chemical and this chemical, but then the, I don't even, I can't even speak to it properly. I just sat there literally thinking, I don't think I'm meant for this. Mm. And that, 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 those were my first three days. I actually called, one of my closest friends in the industry who works in production and I just sat there and I remember saying to her, I don't think I'm meant for this. And that, you know, it had only been a year or so that I was thinking of putting a little a toe into the, the waters of production. Mm-hmm. Dipping it, if you will, dipping it into the, and, into the bright tank. If yes. you will. Don't, don't put your feet in the bright tank. That's disgusting. <laughs> Like, don't don't eat the yellow snow. Exactly. Don't, don't, dip, don't dip your toe in the. <laughs> that might be the title the of the episode. Tank. Don't dip your toe in the bright tank. You know, I have to give it up for every single woman in the industry or minority in this industry that is there lifting up others within the same, you know, within that same struggle because she was just cheering me on saying, you're in this, you won this, you, you earned this place, you deserve it. Whether it takes you into production or doesn't, you're getting so much more knowledge and you earned this. You, you have a seat at the table. And I'm like, okay, we're going we're gonna to push through. I mean, the first, the first day that I tried to look at my yeast through the um, microscope, and I'm just trying to do a cell count. And I'm like, I don't even see anything. Mm-hmm. Only to realize by the end of the week, I had done I had done everything. I'd set up everything incorrectly. So I wasn't even seeing any yeast cells. Nothing was there. 
Well, sure. You had to learn that too. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on that. But first of all, I will say, I also, I co-applaud you. I echo your applause because (laughs) when I think it's human nature, or maybe this is cynical to say, but that when you climb up a ladder or whatever analogy you want to use, it feel the it's the scarcity mindset. It's the kind of mm-hmm. the gatekeeping of it all, which of course, you know, is rooted in white supremacy of like pulling the ladder up behind you, as they say, but mm-hmm. to be able to not do that and to say, no, I'm going to lift you up with me. And I'm going to, you know, I don't know if your friend, your friend also in the industry, like, I don't know, I would be jealous, like, oh, crap, Michelle gets to do this cool thing. But to be able to say, like, no, I'm going to cheer you on and support the shit out of you because that's going to help everyone. I think also by the end of the week, once we got into, we had one one day in um, Boonshine Brewing Company. They were fantastic. The guys were so supportive. What a wonderful team. And I was just so excited to, like, get into the brew house. And it was funny because one of the professional brewer there during, during that week for the course, he said, you know, you can tell the difference though, people who have an appreciation for beer and the knowledge, but then you can tell the difference of those that want to get dirty and do it. Because it's funny, one of the guys refused. He's like, I'm just going to stand up on here on the, on the sidelines and just watch you guys and had, had worn like loafers and a button down shirt for brew day. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, what can I do? Right. I mean, like, I'm getting wet. I'm like kneeling on the floor. Just, I'm like helping packaging some, some kegs and <laughs> it is, it is the hardest work I've ever done. You're right. You have to want to get your hands dirty. You have to be willing to get soaked mm-hmm. or covered in yeah. like hop juice or yeah. whatever. If you want to be in the back and that's like yeah. the fun of it. Yeah. You have to be willing to do, you know, you gotta be willing to touch something that could be 200 degrees. <laughs> and so that was only, that course was only a week. Yeah. It was, wow. it was five days. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also the wake-up call of, okay, I want to learn more. I want to learn more because I clearly don't know enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt like I struggled through that. <laughs> and so it, it it started the wheels in motion of, of me saying, okay, maybe maybe I, I want to do this. And um, one of our servers at North Fork got promoted to assistant brewer. And... I was so stoked for her, but then also I was like, why didn't I speak up mm. also and say that I was interested in production? I, I also, I'm the type of person who's like, oh, well, they should have known. I, it's, a, it's very Gemini of me. Like, couldn't you read my brain? <laughs> like, couldn't you read my mind? I think it's also important to give yourself credit that like, right, you were I think it's hard when you're in a young, small business, filling a role and doing a really great job. It's It can be hard to make a leap into some other part because yeah. as wonderful 100%. and as much like I don't mean to disparage North Fork, but I think any any boss, any owner, it's in their best interest to like keep you doing the amazing job you're doing. 
rather than maybe take a risk and like lose you as a manager so that you can grow in the way you want to grow? I mean, and also it's something that I've now learned at this point that after that time period, I mean, that, that's when I applied for Sloop internship. Now having finished that production internship and, and looking at jobs and looking at salaries, it's very hard in this industry to make a living wage in production. You know, that's kind of the wake up call for me now that I'm trying to figure out what are my next steps in this industry? What do I want to do? There was definitely a great part of me that wanted to prove a lot of men, the men in my head wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or just that, that image that we have that mm-hmm. everyone just doubts, doubts women yeah. that I wanted to go into production and as much as there's a huge part of me that wants to go into production, there's also a part of me also taking a step back saying, I want to have a family soon. I need a living wage. And what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that also won't break my back, which also leads to the fact that obviously more safety precautions need to be in place for the beer industry and brewing and a lot of these small businesses, small breweries that may not even have the funds to put a safety program into place but absolutely again yeah I I go back and forth in my head of okay I could do this I could do this I could I go if I literally make the leap out of management and go into production I'm gonna have to start from the bottom up Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot a lot of things in my brain at the moment of course (laughs) and that's hard to do I'm feeling that way like it's that's hard you're we're like probably around the same age right it's hard to feel like you're starting from the bottom Mm-hmm. When you're, you know, I often compare myself to like, oh, so many people in who are my age are like owning companies and doing all that, like they're more, more successful or farther along, but to, yeah, it's that I clearly, I have a lot of things weighing here in this head, but any, but I don't want to talk about me because I don't have, we all? Don't I we mean, all? don't we all? complicated times. But I mean, I think you bring up so many good points, wanting to have a family and how the realities of the financial element of that and Mm -hmm. the physical, you know, Sarah, I feel like I'm dropping names, but on my own podcast, but of it's not dropping (laughs) names, but like Sarah Perez talked all about like, she's, I, I think she said she's like 47 and like the toll mm-hmm. on your body. It's a lot of work. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's a lot to think about. But you mentioned the Sloop Open Waters program that you did. Yes. I want to hear all about mm-hmm. your experience. So that started that I had actually applied to go into the spring quarter of their internship. And then they emailed me the week of Christmas and said that their winter intern was unable to commit. Could they interview me? And then they offered it to me on the spot. Wow. After the interview. <laughs> and they said, how, how soon can you start? Because originally the, the winter internship was supposed to start the first week of January and it's the last week of December. <laughs> I had to take a step back and say, okay, I got to talk to my bosses and yeah. let's out and definitely give them a month or something mm-hmm. because that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have like a, a full ass yeah, job I, that you had to do. Yes. Yeah. So I, at first I did have goals to kind of 
um, balance both my manager role at North Fork and do the internship at Sloop. But Peter is one of my very good friends, not just my boss, and said, as a boss, it concerns me of the amount of fatigue and the amount of labor-intensive work that you're putting your body under throughout the week for a production internship. But as your friend, I'm very concerned about the balance in your life and don't want you constantly exhausted and trying to balance all of that. And how can you make connections with people? How can you network if you're trying to come back and forth and, and it, it'll just be too much. And I agreed, I completely agreed. So I stepped down as manager, um, which was a very slow demotion. <laughs> so that was made official like February, March-ish. And then I ended my internship in April. And um, so I had three weeks in packaging, five-ish weeks in the cellar because I did have some lab time. Um, and then three to four weeks in brewing. And it was a really awesome experience. I mean, Sloop is an incredible company. They are growing at such a rate that is so crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, they're looking at more, more production equipment and they already have several 120 barrel fermenters. Wow. Um, and they have an overnight brewer. Every brewer shift, you you already brew about three batches, and it's a thirty barrel system. So, and they have an overnight brewer. I want to say like four nights of the week. So they're just constantly brewing, and everything is just. I mean, even just packaging. I mean, you're packaging. I think like four to five days a week on that canning line. Yeah, oh my God. It, it's. I mean, they're they're in. I mean, if you see I how mean, much never, juice bomb is out I know. there like that makes sense because it's literally it's so everywhere. funny the amount of times that people are like where where are you going what are you doing i'm like have you heard of juice bomb and then everyone's like oh my god uh -huh. i love that uh-huh everyone <laughs> loves that beer i've never met a person that doesn't love that beer rightfully so <laughs> so yeah they're they're just constantly producing and it's insane i mean the the amount of beer that that they really make in that facility it's just insane they, they're ready for an expansion <laughs> i think it sounds like it but you yeah. you really it sounds like you had your hands in every area did you have one that like stood out to you as your favorite or a place that you feel like you thrived more than I another i really love the lab and the brew house mm -hmm. um Again, as someone who hasn't taken science classes in forever, there was also a, just a hot minute that I was like, maybe I should go back to school and, and retake some biology and chemistry classes and then maybe in, look into like lab, you know, a lab technician degree to, to work in QA. Um, I really do have such a passion for QA and QC and every brewery. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of like, I keep going on this journey. Like, where do I fit in this industry? If I'm going to go back to school, what should I be going back to school for to, to grow more in, within this industry? Um, but yeah, that, that, that came and went off the table. But no, Sloop, 
soup was really incredible. I mean, you you get every aspect. I mean, any person that really wants to learn about the industry and experience it all, and you don't have to want to go into production. There's a, there's you know some interns that went through who went to learn about the you know the whole process. I believe someone went to learn about about it to to write about beer mm -hmm. and to blog about it and to work in social media and things like that. So I think anyone that's really interested in learning more about beer, I think that internship is so so beneficial for sure. I mean, you get you get a hands-on right. hands-on experience in every part of the brewery, and they they even said you know you could cater this entire internship to what you want to learn and what your goals are. If you want to learn about finance, if you want to sit and learn about right, if you, you want know, to like make a spreadsheet, like in the office, but yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. But like, if you want that, yeah. I mean, to your point, I think it's almost nice to hear someone else feeling that way. Of like, it's one thing to feel ignorant and not know your options and thus feel like, I don't know what I, where's my place. But it's another thing. It sounds like the position you're coming from is almost like there are so many things that excite me and so many things I could do. Where is my place? Mm -hmm. But it's, right. I just identify with you because it's hard to know. And I think, again, there is like a feeling of scarcity almost They're like, well, I'm not 22. I can't, I'm not, I don't have like, I'm not going to start from the bottom five million times. Mm -hmm. But I guess maybe you could. Maybe there's something to that. I mean, I I have. Yeah. That, that has really been my life. Um, again, I think I one of my exes had me write it out at one point of how many jobs I've had in my life. <laughs> that sounds a little and trolly. Someone asked me. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was <laughs> it more so making a point. Yeah. Um, I also hadn't been diagnosed with ADHD. Yet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, that so that was winter, like Christmas time ish of last year for Sloop, or like right after. For Sloop, it started January. Right, 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 right. This year, this I I got the internship. They asked me um, Christmas week, and I had to sit down with my bosses right right after Christmas and drop that bomb on them. That was uh I have to I have to say that was probably one of the worst I love them. And they were so supportive and encouraging and uplifting. Mm -hmm. But I think it made it so much more worse for myself because I have now built this family. Right. I've helped to build this family as a small company and now I'm leaving or at least stepping down from a very major role. Right. I play. And, you know, it, it was like a breakup, but like in the most mutual understanding, right? you know, in the most mutual way. <laughs> right, but they wanted, like you said, they were your friends, your family, as well as your bosses mm -hmm. and coworkers, and they want you to succeed. But yeah, I'm sure that was hard. And it sounds like I can't, I can't imagine that you could work anywhere and not have an incredible mm -hmm. impact on the culture. And like, you're just such a positive joyful person that yeah that like yeah I'm sure that was hard for them and and that was also something going into sloop and something I even said at the end was that my anxiety and my mental health was just all over the place during that entire internship mm -hmm. because my identity was in question you know try you know stepping down from a place that 
I was a leadership figure and loved everyone there and absolutely loved my role and felt like I was making such a huge impact, you know, that that was really hard to step down from. And the relationships that I made there and then step into a whole brand new space and rent an Airbnb for that time, okay. not really knowing a lot of people in a new place and jump in head first. Yeah. So, and so I, in my exit interview with Sloop, I even said, you know, it was, I had so much anxiety going into it. So it took me, it definitely took me some time to warm up to everyone. And I wasn't, was not my bubbly self going into it. I was doubting every move that I made every single thing that I did, you know, if I uh, didn't disengage the stanky properly after filling a keg and then splash it all over myself, I didn't uh, deload the pallet off the depal correctly one day, I did it too early and I like fell down and like literally went to the bathroom like I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. They're like, oh, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom, make sure I'm not like bleeding on my knee. And I was just like crying in the bathroom because again, I, I was like, do I, am I supposed to be here? Am I in the right place? Like, what am I doing here? Am I supposed to be here? So yeah, I have to say it, it was definitely very brutal on my mental health and just like my whole ego, all my insecurities and fears came out. Um, but they were so supportive. Like again, such a supportive atmosphere, but I don't think I advocated for myself enough. I don't think I spoke up enough mm. again until the very end that I was really struggling with just my anxiety, my social anxiety and just my doubts, my fears. Yeah. It's those men, Not, those men in your head yeah. that we talked about before. <laughs> exactly. Honestly. Well, also being the only girl in a full production space, every department, you know, they're all men, mostly white men, mm -hmm. um, mostly straight men. Right. And so it's, it's really rough sometimes not knowing anyone and entering into a brand new space and putting yourself into. Totally. You know, and like not knowing, not knowing if it's a safe space for you or not. Like, thank God right. it was. Yeah. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. And I mean, that's the goal of their right. internship right. and having their diversity committee. And that's the whole goal. Right. You can't very well like have a scholarship for encouraging <laughs> diversity and be like, ignorant. Yeah. I don't blame you for your anxiety going off the charts because like, yeah, you, you have to put your wa walls up. Mm -hmm. So I get it, but I'm glad to know that they were of course, like very open and accepting. Oh yeah. They were so understanding, but there's a part of me that I wish I spoke up sooner and just said, Hey, like, let's slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I think it was just more so, you know, when you go into an internship like that, you're just, you're in production. Like you're, you're on the canning line this day. Like let's learn the, right. <laughs> let's learn the canning line and, and the, you know, the flow rate and everything and um, watching the DO meters and weighing all these cans and then making sure that there's, you know, there's not the, the chances of it being, oxidized and things like mm -hmm. that and even when you're in the cellar anxiety of making sure you don't fuck up the beer honestly like i have been as of like 
front of house person. I've been like once asked, like over the weekend, can you just keep an eye on this, you know, fermenter and like release this valve if it gets above a certain number? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I can't fuck this up. Mm -hmm. I'll ruin everything. But yeah, I think that's a really important lesson for me. And I am sure for people listening too, is even in a space that is safe and like open to learning, you have to speak up for yourself and it's mm-hmm. okay to say like, Hey, can we dial this back? Like, hold on a minute. I don't know what we're talking about because you're doing mm-hmm. no one. You're not doing yourself any favors by pretending you right. know shit that you don't. Well, also I have an auditory, <laughs> it's funny working in production where there's all these loud noises mm-hmm. and also working in the brewery industry behind the bar. I have an auditory processing disorder. So it's <laughs> like a sensory processing disorder, processing disorder. So if there's too many loud sounds and too many sounds going on at the same time and someone's speaking to me, good luck right. on me really understanding what the hell you're saying to me. Um, I went through most of my life thinking I was deaf, especially doing theater and performing music for, for a while. I just thought that I was deaf. <laughs> So it's just, it's always interesting. Life's always interesting. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? I want to touch on you. You mentioned the Lady Brewsters before. Tell me about that. Yes, my baby. Yeah, I want to know what your <laughs> the, baby The Lady, Lady Brewsters of the North Fork started at North Fork Brewing Company in the end, the end of 2019. I think I, I had said to them, you know, there's all these collaborations, especially during Women's Month with Pink Boots Society and I love what Pink Boots does and I love that they advocate for the women in this industry. They provide so many opportunities for for women and marginalized communities to learn more. But there was part of me that also wanted to do more than just that. And I wanted to have a space where women in the industry could come together and use that for a much bigger much bigger cause than just us and what we're doing so every year we brewed a beer now a charity beer and all those proceeds those proceeds go towards a a different charity every single year so the first year we worked with family service league they have a ton of locations all over long island they're helping women and families in need a lot of people in poverty um and a lot of families who are in shelters and following year we worked with ECLI which is the Empowerment Collaborative of Long Island uh who just recently merged with Vibe uh the Victim Information Bureau I believe so they're like a domestic violence rape crisis human trafficking and this past year we worked with the retreat who is also domestic violence and family violence nonprofit providing shelter providing legal services so i just again i have a nonprofit background there's just there's there's a huge part of me that always wants to give back as much as i can and you know there's not everyone who's afforded the life that we you know we've been given so i just i felt it i felt like you know we're we are women or people who identify as women and we're in this industry and we're here and this is something that we love but 
I want to use it for something that's bigger than us. That's so cool. You know, we touched on it at the beginning, but it's easy to slap a logo on something, you know, and say your brewery's making, oh, we're making this collaborative mm-hmm. charity beer and not right. back it up worth a damn. But to really like put your money where your mouth is and choose organizations that are meaningful to you and really support. I, and, you know, walking into Pride Month, too. Yes. I really I hate feel-good activism <sighs> right. where, all right, it's, it's for, like, a hot minute and then you forget about it. Right. You know what I like, mean? Let's like, let's slap a rainbow flag year, on an absolute bottle. God, I hate that shit. Even this year with, with the Lady Brewsters, we got sponsored by Long Island Safer Bars, and Safer Bars is a national initiative. Mm-hmm. So they're training people on bystander prevention, especially as as people who work behind a bar or even in nightlife, um, especially after the brewery Me Too movement with Ryan Allen. um, You know, Safer Bars is definitely pushing more of these these trainings, especially for in-house sexual harassment as well. And so they sponsored our project this year which also meant every single brewery signing on would then have to go through that training. So that that's now in the process of every single brewery who participated in the collaboration this year to sign on to go through that training. Because um, as much as it's nice, quote unquote, that New York State requires sexual harassment training, that sexual harassment training is not... <laughs> I've done it. It is... Not really... It's laughable. It's laughable. Literally... <laughs> The videos are laughable. I know. This is what I talk about with everyone. I'm like, those videos. They were filmed in 1997. It's not real. It's, it's, they're like out of the office. Like, I think Steve Carell is in one of them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. I mean, also, like, Sloop Brewing, they made their own sexual harassment training. Oh, cool. And they worked, they, they worked with a consultant, I believe, from one of the organizations in the Hudson Valley. To make a a very relevant sexual harassment training, and even pulled some of the stories that came from the submission. Wow! For yes, for Brian Allen, that wow. they they used as examples, and said, you know, what would you do in this instance? And then would ask everyone in the room, and then after everyone, you know, that said. Um, participation portion was done they said these are factual events right these are things that actually happened they are not just made up stories i think every business could kind of take a page out of their book that you know you using i just think it's so important for people to participate and then to learn mm-hmm. and to talk about these events that have actually happened right because know? it's so <laughs> easy to talk about it in the hypothetical and like oh absolutely yeah. i would do x y and z but when it is a right. personal thing in your life or your experience, you're faced with it. There is mm-hmm. so much more gray area and so much more nuance in how you respond than like some random scenario that someone in an office made up to like check a sexual mm-hmm. harassment box. Right. Exactly. I want to ask you, like, if you could talk to yourself five years ago, you know, no- knowing what you know now and having been on the beer journey you've been on, what would you say? <laughs> I know it's heavy it's big that's a heavy question um I mean five years ago I was in such a different place in my life and 
I would probably say this, everything that was around me is not permanent, but it gets better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think also it's very hard because I, uh, you know, you have certain periods of your life where, you know, that was a time that was really rough and you were really struggling. And five years ago was one of those periods of time. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I still don't know what I was doing with my life, but at least I have a little more direction mm-hmm. <laughs> in this moment than I did then. Um, and I feel like, especially being in my 30s, I feel like I just have more of an understanding of who I am and what I want mm-hmm. five years ago going into 30. I know, at least for me, when I turned 30, I was like, well, I guess I'm an adult now. I guess I'm grown up, but I agree with you. Yeah. The more the more years go by, the more I understand. The more I understand myself and like what mm-hmm. what it's all about. This might be an even yeah, harder question given that like you are on you're forging a path and like figuring it out, but if you could like ring ring call up Michelle 5 years from now, what's your message from mm-hmm. right from 2022 Michelle to give to her? Oh. Uh message to me from five years from now I hope you're doing really well I hope so too I know (laughs) I hope you figure it out (laughs) I think you know I don't have it figured out at all but what I'm learning more and more is that no one does right right and that there's Mm -hmm. no as much as I want like the right answer and the end and like to close the book like Mm -hmm. then what you know, so as annoying as it is to continue to say, like, what do I want and where am I going? Then when you get right. there, where is there? I don't know. I'm waxing very poetic. Then again, I'm just always continually fluctuating in in what I'm doing. You know, I, I mean, I feel like I always do things that speak to me and at least are things that give back or help others. And I know that's all within the same realm, but yeah, I'm always, again, I, I think I've had 27 jobs in my life. So. That is a lot. And yeah, you're like, I want to ask you what's next, but I don't want to put pressure on you to like define that. Cause it. Oh no. I mean, honestly, it's, it's just funny because even speaking with, with, um, Grace from Hop Culture a few months ago, mm-hmm. what my goals were then are so different than what my goals are even now. And I've, I reached out to a ton of different people in the industry and had so many different talks and got on a phone call with Paul Leone, the, you know, the chairman of the, the, the State Brewers Association. I was like, what do I, what do, I do from, from here? Mm-hmm. Where, where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, and having conversations with Alyssa McCauley, the director of operations at Sloop, um, and Amanda McLam, resident culture. You know, there's so many people that I've, I've kind of had different talks with, and a lot of my goals have changed within the last month, few months. And looking at diversity being at the forefront of a lot of what people are doing in this industry. There's a big part of me that is now looking into trying to work more in the diversity field in the industry, but there's not enough 
there's not enough roles. Mm-hmm. There's not enough positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so now there's all these discussions now. Okay, if I take on a marketing role, can I have some of a role in your diversity program? Or if I supplement some of it with, with bartending here, right. like, can I work on your diversity program? Um, now looking at going back to school for for HR part-time and looking at that and and trying to explore that option in that realm. Again, nothing per minute, everything's always changing. So it may be different like five months from mm-hmm. now, but I, I even said to Paul, I don't want to leave this industry. There's just so much that I love about this industry that I don't want to leave. There's so much growth that this industry needs mm-hmm. as well. It was very apparent in the last few years. There's obviously a lot of growth that this industry needs and especially for marginalized communities. And there's a lot that I want to do, but it's really about who's willing to put that in their budget. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, it's not like every business can see a return of investment on that. Mm-hmm. But you'll see it in your employees. You'll see it in your culture, you know. But that that's the current conversation that I'm having with people and, and seeing where that fits in and where I can go and may not stay in New York, honestly, because the cost of living is crazy. Mm-hmm. Here. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, trying to, trying to explore that, that whole idea with a lot of people in the industry. That excites me so much. Just A, how you are not afraid to reach out to people who with, you know, people with influence, people with experience, like to say, hey, help me out. What should I be doing? But also Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled to hear and I do hope you'll keep, I don't know, pushing because you're right that like now we are in a space that in a space and a time where people are saying they really value diversity and inclusion and equity, Mm -hmm. but like. Yes, but I don't want people to just say exactly. It. Are you build like yeah. you said? Are you building it into your budget? Are you going to employ a person mm-hmm. to make that happen in your business? And I've even said it to people that you know, even if it's not in your budget, even if you are in the whitest area yep. of America, what organizations can you be working with what minority organizations what minority businesses vendors that you can work with or partner with and things like that how are you you know how are you reaching out and making certain marginalized communities feel like they're seen um because that's definitely something that i look at when i go into any brewery or if i look at their social media feed i'll scroll through and I'm just like, okay, there isn't one woman on this seat. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Or just, you know, I will, as much as Pride Month and feel good activism really annoys the shit out of me sometimes, mm-hmm. I will definitely look at if they posted at least one thing during Pride Month. Right. I agree with you on all of that. And I am excited to see as you continue to like, marinate in your purpose 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're the state. Cooking metaphors are the best because they're so evocative. But like, (laughs) you're marinating in this purpose, and then like, okay, now I don't know where I'm going. But you're like, you're the steak, and you're gonna grill and just get so like juicy with purpose. That sounds gross, but you know what I'm saying. No, I that like. You work in the beer. Come on, right? Juicy is is good. But no, I'm excited to see where this spark of like going back to school for HR, whether it's going back to school or not, but carving out this space for yourself. I'm excited to see where that spark goes. Um, Is there, before we get into our classic podcast, quick fire challenge to wrap things up, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you want to share? Like, do you want people to be following you? What's, what's the deal? Sure. Follow me. I feel like I haven't stayed active with my beer Instagram. It's hard. I've fallen off too. <laughs> well, what what is that beer Instagram so we can get everyone to follow you? It is Queer Beer Love. Queer Beer Love. Let's get it, people. Let's let's grow it for her. Let's not make her do so much work. Just go follow her. <laughs> and of course, I will link that. Or if you want to feel, you know, want to follow my personal, it's Mishy Elliot. Which someone the other day said I'm aging myself and I may have to change. How dare they? <laughs> Give them, give me their number. I'm calling them immediately after this. That's rude. That was my girlfriend. <laughs> okay, well, who was younger than the me? The call is coming from inside the house here. That's what's happening. Get my thing back, flip it, and reverse it. Okay, exactly. before this turns into karaoke hour, Michelle, I'm so glad that we did this. I'm I'm having the best time, but. I'm going to hit you with some of my favorite questions to ask people. Michelle DiMatillo, what is the most overrated beer style? Uh, (laughs) I cannot stand smoothie, slushy. If it's a a New England smoothie or a sour smoothie, I don't want it. It's just sludge in a glass. I don't want it. (laughs) I agree with you. Uh, Cake or pie? Cake. I am not a pie fan. Everyone yells at me during Thanksgiving. But now that I have a wheat allergy, no one can yell at me. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is that? That's even like because it's not gluten, but it is so many gluten things. Oh, God. What is the most underrated beer style, in your opinion? Um, Lambic. Ah. Yep. I have to go with Lambic. I don't know if anyone's ever said that um. before. And I love that answer. Um. Yeah, any sour that's not a quick sour. Yeah, give it time, people. Let's age it. Give it time. Give it time. Yeah. Put it in an op- a cool ship, stick it in a barrel, come yeah. talk to me in yeah. at least a year, if not more. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, do your, what do your friends come to you for? Um, definitely beer recommendations, yeah. for sure. There's, there's a lot of times I'll go out with friends, you know, I don't know. What should I drink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I derive a lot of pleasure from that. Uh, I don't know about you. We kind of touched on this, and sometimes I don't even ask this question, but I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite thing you've ever overheard behind the bar? I ask it to be shady. Some people um, answer it in like a really sweet way. Either is an acceptable option. Uh, I mean, I've heard so many Oh my things. God, yeah. You know, people's sex lives or sex capades. Um, I, I feel like I've heard, prob- I've probably heard some really 
dirty things or but I there's I can't think of anything right now. We'll keep it for the the after hours show. I had someone propose to me, quote unquote, propo- drunkenly asked me to marry them hmm. because I knew who Wu Tang was. <laughs> wow. I mean, I guess the bar is kind of low. But wow. All right. What is the last show that you binged and loved? Uh, the last show I binged was Heartstopper. Oh, my God. Which is the absolutely uh, the cutest, heartwarming, queer high school love story ever. It's just so precious. I've heard it's my best friend will not stop recommending it to me to everyone. He he's recommending it to everyone. I need to watch it. I just it's it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I've already I've I've already watched it twice. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We have to we all have to get on your level, myself and all the listeners. If you could get on a plane right now and go anywhere, where would you go? Oh, man. A lot of pressure. I know. It'd have to be probably either Hawaii or Thailand. Ooh. <laughs> the humidity in both might destroy me, <laughs> but I would go for either. Not that I'm invited, but I'm inviting myself because it's my podcast, my rules. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Michelle, this has been a true delight. I don't want to stop talking to you, but we have you have a life to lead. You have things to do. So <laughs> will you take us out with your favorite toast, any kind of toast to end us on a beautiful note for this beautiful conversation we just had. Oh man, my favorite toast. I'm like, I don't, or, it's either cheers or toast, you yeah. know, but it's either that. Keeping it simple. <laughs> Keeping it simple. Yeah. Cheers and prost. Prost to you. Prost. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, I know I say this every time, but wasn't that a treat? Apart from our mutual love of jazz hands, I loved hearing how Michelle's interests have evolved from front of house management, beer tending and marketing, to brewing, and now to the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It feels so important to hear from someone who is not 1000% sure of where their path is leading, but who remains so open and curious about their own purpose and the possibilities that lie ahead for them. I've linked so much info in the show notes, including information on the Sloop Open Water Scholarship that Michelle spoke so highly of. Their next session starts in July, so get on it. I've also linked the Lady Brewster's website, Michelle's Baby, and of course her Instagram so you can follow along with all of her beer adventures. Thank you again to Michelle for taking the time to talk to me. I really had so much fun. So many giggles in this tiny little podcast booth slash coat closet slash sweat lodge of mine. Thank you as always to Megan Bagala for our music and to Sabrina Rain at the Hoppiest Shop for our graphics. Thank you so much for listening, dear friends. Thank you for being with me on this journey and for celebrating pride by uplifting and elevating and celebrating these queer voices this month. I will be back in two weeks with another episode. In the meantime, go ahead and keep up with me on Instagram and on TikTok at Cruise with Broads. I love you so much. Bye.